this episode, I sit down with my beautiful mama to learn more about how being a female raised in Peru created an unspoken belief that a woman's body and sexuality should be hidden, otherwise it's viewed as shameful and met with disapproval. I'm so freaking proud of how she found the strength within herself to stop living small and step into the discomfort of learning a new way of living as a woman fully in love with her body. And learning more about how she was raised has given me more of an understanding as to why I was raised with the same destructive silence when it came to teaching me about sex. So I wanted to bring you on as my first guest because, well, I came from you. And and a lot of of my work and healing that I have done is around the way that I was raised with you Mm -hmm. as my mommy. Mm -hmm. And not Mm -hmm. to say that it was a bad way to be raised, but it had its difficulties as we've spoken before that you had your difficulties growing up in your household as well. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we've had conversations about this, that um, it's easier for me to now have an understanding and a compassion to not feel resentful and hurt from mm-hmm. or take it personally. Right. Right. So I know we talked about it a little bit, but I just wanted you to speak a little bit about what it was like growing up in Peru for you. I know that you went to an all girls school. Um, and you didn't really have any friends who were boys. I guess you didn't have any kind of exposure to boys. No. So I guess, I don't know, what was that like? Not having even boys around in your life, not even knowing what they were like other than your cousins or your brother and just your dad. What was it like? Um, Well, uh, the first thing that comes to mind is when my dad you know my brother uh, is two years older than me when he was given an allowance every week to uh, invite his girlfriends or to just treat her girlfriends but I was never given an allowance or I I was given a lower allowance Mm -hmm. and that made me feel like oh Okay, I don't need to have money because the person that I'm going to be with will give, will provide for me. Mm. That's an unspoken thing that you know you're always expected to to be treated for for things. And um, I think it was okay not to have friends when I was younger. I mean, friends that were boys. It was good but it was an unspoken and unspoken thing that I had to be careful because I didn't want I didn't I wasn't allowed to be with them to begin with I only started having friends that were boys when I was in my late teens it was in high school so I think my boyfriend was when I was 16 years old but since I was the youngest of my sisters, I was never, I never felt that I could play with them because they were always interested in my sisters that were older than me. And so I felt like a little ugly duckling because they always were interested in, in, my, in Tia Elena, you know, how pretty she is. And she was even prettier when she was younger and everybody was around her. So 
So it was just that, not, not really knew anything about them and not said anything. The only thing that I remember that it was not really, that nobody mentioned directly, but it was like, now I, I realized that the culture has a lot of messages that sent to you without even telling you. Like, you have to be a virgin when you get married. So you have to save yourself for when you get married. And of course, I never had anybody. I had an intention. I didn't have any intentions to get married when I was in my teens because I, I knew I wanted to go to school. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so on that, just because I wanted to touch on that, you said that Tio Rola got an allowance. You know, yeah. So, and in most cultures, I think males are always treated differently. Mm-hmm. Um, were you ever, did you feel that you were ever encouraged to go to university and get a career or have a career? Or was it mostly, did you feel that, you know, females were more encouraged to be wives and mothers and just, you know, I don't know, run the house, be housewife? Right, right. Yeah, no, I had to learn to to cook, to clean the house, to do everything because I, I, I knew the, those were skills that I, needed, I I would need in the future. Um, no, I wasn't encouraged, but I was expected. You know, I was the youngest one. My two older sisters were married when they were 19. So they didn't follow, they didn't pursue any education, higher education. I was the only one that had the opportunity to go and um, go to Europe, to Spain, to to study. But when I came, I finished, uh, when I finished studying, I came back to um, here, actually to the States, because my, my dad was here. He was the one that was supporting me when I was in Spain. And he expected me to have found a, a husband when I was in school. So he said, how come you didn't marry anybody from there? So well, I didn't find anybody to marry, but um, he, I was expected to find some a professional guy to marry and support me throughout. After that, that was his his um, um, his message. How come he didn't? Yeah, no, it, I wasn't encouraged. Mm. It was not really that to to pursue anything. Right. Yeah, the value mm-hmm. was more on the men, on the man. Yeah. Did you yeah. ever, once you did start becoming, you know, sexually active, did you ever mm-hmm. f- experience anything that, you know, when you started dating and, and, and having relationships, did you ever experience anything that you felt unsafe or that you were confused about when, because, you know, no one spoke to you about sex or anything? Right, right. Yeah, nobody. And I know... Um, also, the thing that um, that is spoken is that you have to save yourself for when you're married. And if you ever are in a relationship that you, but you feel the this, the physical desire to be with somebody, you know, it's not um, you don't feel safe because it's not something that you do out of feeling comfortable. You you do something, and you feel guilty. Because you are just given a name. You are like a whore if you're doing that and you're not married. So that also created a lot of confusion in me because, you know, if I I was sexually um, active prior to getting married, 
And um, so it was, it, although it was something that you wanted to do or my buddy wanted to do, but it was, it, it, there was a lot of guilt on that sense too. So it's not a good feeling. Yeah. And that's something that has definitely been brought down to me. And right. To, you know, I'm sure a lot of, it's, it's, it's an un, not an uncommon story that, you know, right. The guilt just goes and is carried by the woman in mm-hmm. every generation, right. the mother to the daughter to so on and so forth. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so then you eventually did become a mom. And I yeah. can only imagine what all of these stories and conditionings and, you know, this programming that you've had when you were young, how you brought that to me and Sue and maybe to even right. Chris. Right. Um, I'm curious to hear what was your thought process when you had daughters, if you were scared of it and... and well, yeah, I was. I was really. And I just, I remember I was thinking today about that little book that we had. It, it was a children's book and how uh, it was a lot of um, graphics about how to, uh, how, you know, one becomes pregnant and then how, how a baby's born. It was like a cartoon kind of thing, uh, a children's book. And I thought, wow, this is a great book so you could learn. And I think you were probably four and five and you probably didn't, didn't understand what the book was. But I was interested because it was kind of something that I was learning. Oh, that's what my body did. I didn't know. Wow. So you didn't even and, know what was happening with you in your own no, pregnancy. No, no one taught you. Right, right. Yeah, no. Uh, of course, I, I tried to read. I, I tried to, um, well... I remember, let me go back a little bit. When I was in high school, I was a senior in high school. Um, There was a group class that the teachers brought out. It was like four or five classes, maybe like 100 or 200 girls in um, in in a big auditorium. And what they told us about sex they showed us the a video of, um, it was a movie or whatever it was, but it was about um, venereal disease. So they scare you right from there that you should not get just with anybody. So it was really very drawn that, you know, you don't need to sleep around. You just find somebody that you think you're in love with and that's how you, you get connected. So when I, marry your dad I, I just definitely thought it was just forever I could not even think or, or look around or just be attracted to anybody and of course that's been throughout my life but the the um, first thing that I was told about sex was that it was a bad thing because you can get sick and you can just you don't want to do that to yourself right. so you just be careful yeah, it's dirty. It's shameful. But nobody told me, right, nobody told me how to protect yourself. You don't want to get pregnant. I never knew that. Mm-hmm. So when I, and then when you guys came along, since I grew up without having a mom, I just want to be there with you. I just wanted to protect you. And of course, nobody told me anything. And I just thought that was the way that it was. Nobody says anything about your body. Nobody says about how... Your, your body changes, you know, with time and how you become a woman. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember, you know, I want to, I guess, speak more to how the way that you were raised rippled down to, to, to me, 
to me, I remember like there's so many little time um, situations and experiences that I remember. I remember when I was washing my laundry once and I think I was maybe 14, a freshman, and I had a thong and I had bought it without telling you and I was doing my laundry and you were switching. I was in the laundry room, I remember, and I was like, oh no, mommy's going to see my thong. She's changing my clothes from the washer to the dryer. And you came out and you were so upset. You're like, what is this? (laughs) And I was was scared. I was scared because I knew and I knew immediately without even about what the problem was with having a piece of underwear that right. you immediately were going to assume something bad about it, that you assumed mm-hmm. that me wearing a thong meant that I wanted to have sex or attract boys, mm-hmm. you know, where in my yeah. mind, it's mostly like, it's embarrassing to have like the underwear lined on your pants as a, as a teenager. And right. You no, know, and my mind yeah. was even at sex, but yeah, I remember that yeah. you were just terrified of me even, I, I think I, I guess it felt like at that age you were afraid of me even feeling too feminine or too flirtatious mm-hmm. or too in my or aware of my body, I guess. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess, yes, that's, that's very good what you say, because it seems like I, I've learned to just shut down whatever I felt as a woman and I just could not. Um, express myself in, a, in in that way because that would make me slut, even though I, you know being married. And I remember something very interesting. Now when I look back, I said, "Wow." Um, when I first came here, I was when I came to this to the states, I was twenty years old, and um, somebody tell, told me another person that I was working with. She said, "He said to me, oh, you are very sexy.'" And I got that as an insult because sexy meant to me sex. And I said, what do you mean? You know, yeah, you're very sexy. And he said it again in a very, uh, uh, in a nice way, not not in a very, you know, but I found it insulting because just the word there, that means like you're a slut to me. That was the language that I was translating. I was just learning English then. But it didn't feel right that I was told you're sexy. Wow, that's interesting. That just the root word, just the three-letter word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so much shame and like mm-hmm. inappropriateness for you. That's that's interesting. Yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and it was, you know, I, I I was very unsure of myself and and. I started to have that exact same um, idea of sex. Yeah, I, I think that um, that feeling about uh, us being or, or feeling like a whore comes f- with the culture in Peru. Like if you are not a prudent woman, you know, if you're a woman, you have to be prudent. You have to be like respectful. You have to be like not attractive. You have to lower all your um, uh, femininity, not 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 expose it. Just like you have to like be in a in a cage actually, because you don't want to give men the wrong um, idea that you are an easy person, mm-hmm. that you're not an easy per- an easy woman that you they can you know get you into. They, they can get you into bed. 
And that also is encouraged among women. You know, women are the one, among women, they make us be rivals and make us be not um, understanding of each other. They just make us to be judgy, compete and all that. So it's like very, very Peruvian, I would say, Mm. or very Latin American. I think it's it's very common everywhere in female country, in in female mm -hmm. culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I can only imagine that's interesting to say that, that that's how it was in Peru, where in the States it's more you are not defined, but your value is almost with, with your looks, with your physical appearance and how, how attractive you are to the opposite sex. Mm-hmm. So it's almost, it was almost encouraged, at least in my time to, you know, flaunt your body and mm-hmm. be more attractive and flirt and, and not be easy, but it's, it's, I felt like that was the only way that I knew how to get the attention of the opposite sex was mm-hmm. if I am seen as attractive and you want to sleep with me mm-hmm. you know so yeah I can understand how you were afraid of yeah where you came right. from to where I came you know where I was growing up right and when when it came to be you teenagers I just thought that by not telling you and not allowing you to to go out or to be with friends I was doing you a service Mm. But actually, I was just blind at the time that it was, not, you know, not knowing it's even worse. Mm-hmm. You know, not knowing and just not giving yourself or, or giving you the tools to be um, self-confident that what your body is and what you feel, it's, it, it was, I was not doing your service. I just thought it was just, I was, I thought I was protecting you. Mm. Because that's the way I was told. Like my father gave us like a curfew. We have to be back home by six before dark. <laughs> and I said, what What happened after dark? Well, you know, things happen. So you, you are a girl. You have to be back home before six. So, so many things happen after dark. Right. Yeah. And you not even knowing what happened, him just saying things happen, it immediately puts in that fear within you to be like, okay, I don't know what's going to happen, yeah. but I yeah. know that it's not good. So, And, and you never feel... You never feel safe being a woman in Peru because even by walking on the streets, if you are um, just being a woman, just being a girl, men are whistling at you or calling you names or, or, or coming, you know, like touching you inappropriately without even knowing you just by walking on the street. And it's very, very unsafe to be Did a woman. Ever- did you ever experience any of that? Did you ever feel that discomfort or that, yeah, because that's not just, you know, that's everywhere, you know, that's me walking down the street anywhere. Uh, leaving the house for a man is very different than it is for a woman. You know, I leave yes. the house and no, I'm not terrified of everything, but I know I have to have awareness of everything yes. and everyone mm-hmm. around me. That's just, that's just, you know, programmed within me to be safe at all times. And it's unfortunate mm-hmm. that men don't have to think that way when they leave right. the house all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. 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 You have to be very, very aware when you walk in Peru. I remember having to cross the street because I, I would see men or boys coming out on my direction because I just wanted to avoid whatever they were going to do. It's not safe. So thinking of all that, 
stress of having not one, but two daughters. I remember we had this conversation when we were in San Diego together that um, I told you, I don't remember you being very happy all the time when we were younger. And I wonder, and I could feel that. I could feel not knowing what was going on with you personally. I just felt that your energy was not always happy. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if anything of what you felt in your own body and what you felt in your own life and in your own, you know, for, yeah, from your sexuality, if you were feeling within pleasure, if you were happy, if anything, I wonder if you can remember what exactly was going on in life at that time when, you know, we were all young that you didn't really seem to be. Yeah, I think um, definitely I have, I have uh, not been in my body most of the time, just trying to be a mom and trying to be a wife and uh, always trying to uh, plead, be for be be there for for you or for for your dad or for you know the kids it it's it's not something that it's common and and it's still i'm trying to to become more of me and um and just realize that when i was young i um in school i didn't have to worry about boys because i wore a uniform every day and i went, was with girls all the time but when it became to you, I just thought, okay, I'm going to not let them <laughs> fall into all these dangers that I knew could happen. Uh, but when it became to me, it was just like, um, I was worried. I was concerned. Most of the time I was concerned about not being financially secured, which um, we were young. We were just new in this country. It was... It's not easy to be, to adapt to a new uh, culture, but um, we did it. And it's just like, um, it was when you guys grew up, I realized, oh, wow, we're missing a, a big part of the pie. I'm missing a big part of the pie, the biggest, which is more spiritually, we were just thinking about making ends meet. Yeah, and we were trying to provide for you, but then now, okay, now it's all this new big avenue that's uh, opening up, which is just uh, emotionally and uh, spiritually uh, growing. I remember when uh, we went to um, this um, the seminar, Mama Gina, the experience, you know, the uh, Regina Tomashauer experience. The first time that we um, we went to that experience mm -hmm. and we had a, we had lunch all three of us i realized, I, had, I just got i said they have to go and do this because i did i didn't have that and i don't want them to wait until they're my age to realize you know all that they have to to gain to to heal because i felt like i had fallen short about being a mom mm. so that was yeah. the yeah. first time i remember that lunch time that yeah. we had I remember that lunch as well, and it was met with some resistance. We didn't, yeah. we didn't want, I think at that point, we were at the age where we just had so much resentment, and we were yeah. unhappy with ourselves. I was willing, I was willing to do it, I remember, and I'm happy that I did it, but it was almost like, well, I don't want to do this just because you want me to do it, you know, like another thing right. that you want me to do for you. But right. aside, I want to talk to you about 
your experience with Mama Gina because I know after that it was a beautiful transformation to watch you go through. And I mm-hmm. wonder what your relationship with your body and your sexuality was before that. And then what was it like after that? Because I remember you would tell me that you were going with all your your sister goddesses and, and you were going to these events and you were telling me how you did breath work for the first time and you were like naked next to somebody's pool with all these women and she was telling you about breath work. And that's, I think, when breath work became a really big deal to you. Yes, it did. Yeah. You experienced the healing powers of it and mm-hmm. you were surrounded by women, which I, you know, is incredible. Yeah. Right? But yeah. Um, yeah, I want to know what your relationship was with before and after that entire experience and what it's, yeah. if it's still developing and, you know. Yeah, I, I think it's still developing because we, with, I remember that experience when we went with my sister goddesses and we were jumping in the pool, you know, I felt ashamed of, of being naked around them. And, uh, but then after a while, you just feel so comfortable because everybody's being just natural about their body. And when I did that breath work, it was like a full body orgasm that it was like, wow, how did I ever miss this? And it was just the energy. And I just love that idea that sex now is, is not just a physical, um, a physical expression of yourself. It's just more spiritual because you just get energy. And I just love the idea that it's, you you don't need anybody to do it. You can just do it by yourself. And it's just it's just you getting to love yourself in such a way that you are just ecstatic about being you, about having this beautiful body and just being part of this um the, I don't know, the universe, Mother Earth, and you just just connected. It's just the connection that you can get. And I and I love that. And that's I, I'm not saying that I I do that every day, but it it's getting it's getting to be more natural and just getting to to feel more comfortable within with myself, which before it was I had to I wasn't no it wasn't it was not a good place that I was and I didn't know it that I think probably that's why I was I stayed there for so long because I didn't know what else was there. And now I know, you know, I know there is more to just having a little bit of pressure, physical pressure for a moment. It's, it's more, it's, it's kind of stay with you longer. Yeah. So you, would you say that your relationship with your body, with your body before Mama Gina was very like, even being naked in front of other people was shameful, even if it was yes. women. Yeah. And, and yeah. so now you're becoming more comfortable. I think I even... <laughs> For your graduation, I bought you a little, a little. Yes, candy. I have a little lingerie. Yes, yes. So now, do you feel like you're more, you know, into your body? You feel more present, of course, and happy I'm, with. I'm, you know, I don't want right. to know I'm, so much about I'm, sex with dad, but <laughs> but, <laughs> but if yeah, it's, actually, if you just feel comfortable in your own skin, or even just being with you by yourself, you right. Know? Yes, and be uh, grateful for what I see because it's not um, that I have to be a 20-year-old. I'm just grateful the way um, I feel being um, the ageless woman that I am. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's a good feeling. And you- it's, it's an ongoing work, yes. Mm-hmm. Did you ever have any... 
I guess, a different opinion of your body after three, after three kids? Did you, I mean, I feel like you never, I don't know, maybe I just didn't notice it, but I feel you never really were too concerned or preoccupied with what people thought about your body or what dad thought about your body. But maybe I'm wrong because I only know you as my mother and you are somebody's wife. And, you know, I don't know what it's like to have a child and have your body change. But I wonder what your relationship with your body was after kids, if you saw it differently. Well, we always um, want to be uh, skinny. You know, we always want to feel skinny. Good thing we never had weight problems. And um, I felt comfortable with my body, but sometimes wanted to look um, younger or better. And I I think um, I do like to take care of my body and just feel healthy more than younger I'm, I'm good. I think I, since I was younger, I don't know if you remember when I was 12 years old, I was chosen as a as a queen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So since then I knew I was pretty, but, um, I, I always wanted not to be just pretty. I just wanted to be smart. That's why I think I was the only one from my, from my sisters that went to higher education. (laughs) And I, and I just, and I didn't, you know, I got married when I was 24 and everybody was thinking, Oh, when is she going to get married? She's getting, you know, too old to get, to find a husband. Mm -hmm. And um, and that's the idea. You have if you're 23, you're just and the this, the word in uh, in in Spanish is solterona, you know, like single. And um, but um, and and it has a very derogatory derogatory meaning to be solterona, right? It's not like a bachelorette kind of thing. It's, it's something desirable. Yeah, like but in Spanish, that's a really sound being right, yeah. an old maid. Um, but I think um, I feel uh, very grateful for the way I feel. And I just, um, but I do, no, I work, I work at it. It's not, it's not laborious work, but it's just, I eat healthy, I do exercise, I do breathe. You know, breath work is a very, very helpful thing for also feeling more in my body. And I'm feeling healthy. I think that's the main thing. I just, when I start seeing people my age wanting to to say, oh, it hurts here, it hurts there, or I feel like this, or I feel like that, I said, oh, I don't feel like that. <laughs> you know, I don't want to feel like that. You know, I don't want to give myself and eight numbers. So I just feel ageless. And I like to continue like that. Yeah, it's interesting that those are the same standards that society has put on us at this generation, you know, that, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm in my 30s and everybody's like, oh, you're not married, you don't have kids yet. And it's just, it's, it's, I'm put up against this standard that's not even my own, that my life, it doesn't have value unless I'm married or with children. Mm -hmm. Right. But I remember that you never, you never forced that on me, nor Mm -hmm. did dad. You guys never were like, okay, you have to be married at this point. Why aren't you like, you know, finding somebody to date? I mean, you didn't even want me to date at this point. Right. Um, 
but I never felt the pressure of like having to get married or have children. Um, right. So I'm grateful for that. And I think you more instilled the idea of and ideas of just working hard and having a career and being independent. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Yeah. So now, I mean, I guess just trying to rewrite everything that I've been taught and I know that you have done all your beautiful work and it's amazing to watch. And now I'm doing my work to be able to know how to communicate with my body better, just like mm-hmm. you did with breath work. Right. I'm trying to find my own modality of how I want to connect more with myself. And, mm-hmm. but I wonder what would you have done differently when we were younger now that you, you know, have this new perspective on, you know, it, it didn't have to be wrapped around shame and fear and guilt. And instead, mm-hmm. you know, that right. as a woman, your body should be celebrated and that you, right. you know, sex can be something that's beautiful and celebrated as well. Not shameful, of course. Right. Right. And, and the only reason yeah. it's done with shame in my eyes is because I was doing it with the wrong people with the wrong intention mm-hmm. and the wrong uh, perspective of myself right? It was to Mm -hmm. validate myself, to feel love. Um, Yeah. So I want to Yeah, I think think what I would do different would be be more expressive of showing you my love. I guess mm, the way that I show you my love was very dry. And I would celebrate. I will teach you. You know, I would have to learn first myself and, and teach you how to be a woman is and to celebrate you and tell you about how, what your body is going to, how is it going to develop and just remove any sense of shame and um, it's just, um, and celebrate that you are a woman. I remember a lot of people or a lot of girls, oh, I have a period again, you know, and it's, it's something that you have to celebrate. You have your period, you give life, your body can give life. And, and you are in connection with the earth at that time, more connected to the earth, more grounded to the earth. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's um, more beautiful to be a woman nowadays, teach you to celebrate it more and be glad and be proud of your body yeah. and um, just feel better about yourself. And yes, I think that we do that a lot when we're young. We just look for love in different ways and now you know like you say you don't have any resentment to our uh, to us i i look at how i was raised too with no guidance at all you know papito didn't know anything and mommy didn't my mom also didn't tell me much so we just were walking around blindfolded for life i would celebrate more i would learn i would teach you how to celebrate you know, you are such a beautiful, uh, in such a beautiful body that it needs to be celebrated. Yeah, I think that's something that should be in, taught young at a young age to love your body, to treat it well. Yes. You know, I heard yes. I, I heard this beautiful right. um, way of explaining it the other day through the Layla Martin course. You know, when we say that we're queens. You think of your body, you're a queen, but what Mm -hmm. are you the queen of? Your temple, which is your body. And so how are you going to treat, you know, Mm -hmm. your people, your, your, your 
your town, right? And every, like, how are you going to love and care for mm-hmm. your body and, and you know, um, your subjects being your emotions? How are you going to um, hold court, allowing them to speak right. all your emotions, but not letting it right. get out of order? Mm-hmm. But the same thing is how you treat your body with what you feed it, with how you speak to it, all these things. And yeah, I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't have any of that guidance when I was younger, but I know that you didn't either. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Right. Right. Yeah. And also the way you feel about yourself and your thoughts too, are a lot of, uh, you know, now that I spending some time with little girls, I am teaching them mirror work. So just look at the mirror and you you know, just teach them from very, very young, how beautiful they are. Just look at yourself in the mirror and, and just talk to you in a very loving way, which it was not encouraged in our time. It was, on the contrary, you, you're, you are not supposed to be vain. You don't have to look, be proud of yourself. On the contrary, you just don't, don't speak about yourself. You, you are not allowed to do that that doesn't look good but in the contrary it has to be you have to really look at yourself and be proud of who you are and love yourself first learn to love yourself before you ask anybody else yeah i think to love you that's the biggest teaching right now that everybody's starting to learn you know we all want to be the first to Mm -hmm. heal everything and fix everything that's happening outside of us because we think it's affecting us inside Mm -hmm. But what we have to do is heal ourselves mm-hmm. from within in order to fix what's going on outside. So that's true. I think what I want to always ask yes. is if you can think about when you were hitting puberty, what is the one piece of advice you wish you knew when you were younger that you feel could have made a big impact on your life? Um, just be yourself and love yourself express yourself in a way that you um, can really become you without thinking of what they're going to say. You need to be proud of who you are without comparing yourself with anybody else because you are unique. You're a unique Mm. human being. I'm so proud of you, Mama. Thank you, Mama Chita. I'm so proud of you too. today for you beautiful humans if you enjoyed this episode and are enjoying the podcast then please leave a friendly review on spotify apple or wherever you're listening from and if you want to chat with me or be a guest on the podcast then reach out to me at becomingcoordinated at gmail.com or you can find me on instagram at becoming who i needed lots of love